ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. She had a grand ambition to knock off Donald Trump and become the Republican Party's choice to run in November's US election. But Nikki Haley couldn't do it. And it's almost certain now that Trump will run against Joe Biden for president, even as he faces more than 90 criminal charges. So why has she held on? Why doesn't she just give up before almost certain defeat at so-called Super Tuesday next week, the biggest contest in the primary process? I'm Sam Hawley on Gadigal Land in Sydney. This is ABC News Daily. My name is Kim Hoggard. I'm a former assistant press secretary for Ronald Reagan at the White House and former deputy assistant secretary of state for George H.W. Bush. So, Kim, you have a very long history with the Republican Party. So you better first tell me, what do you think of Donald Trump? Well, I have a a history of working for Republican presidents. Mm -hmm. I don't have a long history of being a Republican Party member. What do I think of Donald Trump? Well, I think he's a disruptor and I think he's very dangerous for not just American democracy, but for the stability in the international community. We pledge to you that we will root out the communists, Marxists, fascists, and the radical left thugs that live like vermin within the confines of our country. This is a fraud on the American public. This is an embarrassment to our country. We were getting ready to win this election. Frankly, we did win this election. I said, I'm going to be a dictator for one day. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Of course, Nikki Haley is trying to give him a run for his money. But she was beaten in primaries in two states in the past week. Incredibly, even in the one she governed for eight years, South Carolina. Yes, Haley has had a lot of defeats. Uh, she's lost all the primaries so far: Iowa, New Hampshire, and as you point out, her home state of South Carolina. Today in South Carolina, we're getting around forty percent of the vote. I'm an accountant. I know 40% is not 50%. But I also know 40% is not some tiny group. She lost Michigan, and she certainly looks likely to lose all 15 primaries next week on Super Tuesday. Mm. I mean, even in Nevada a couple of weeks ago, she lost behind the ballots that were marked as none of these candidates. So she couldn't even beat that uh, category. But no doubt this is uh, an effort to restore the Republican Party back to normality, as they like to say. Mm, Because many candidates at this point probably would have dropped out, but she's still defiant. 
I said earlier this week that no matter what happens in South Carolina, I would continue to run for president. I'm a woman of my word. Let's talk about that a bit more soon, about why she's still holding on. But Kim, could you just tell me a bit more about who Nikki Haley is? She, as we mentioned, is the former South Carolina governor. But what's her story? What does she stand for? Well, she's an interesting personality. She's, as a woman and as a woman of Indian heritage, she's broken quite a few barriers. As you say, she was uh, the two-term governor of South Carolina, but she was the first person to be elected the governor of South Carolina, who wasn't a white male. Mm. Uh, <laughs> she was also the first non-white and non-male governor in the history of the United States. She's the, the second Indian American governor ever in the United States history. She's a traditional Republican in the sense that she, you know, it really believes in a strong uh, foreign policy. Mm-hmm. But she's also a very conservative person. Mm-hmm. So while she was a Trump critic in 2016, she went on to work for Trump as the UN ambassador, as his UN ambassador. She's also quite conservative in that she's anti-abortion. Mm. This is a personal issue for every woman and every man. I am unapologetically pro-life, not because the she's pro-gun rights. She's very pro-military, but she's not a she's not an isolationist like a lot in the in yeah. the MAGA uh, Republican Party. She's an internationalist. She's she's a NATO supporter. She's a strident Putin critic, and she's a strong supporter of aid to Ukraine. Unlike many in the in the MAGA Republican Party, it is in the best interest of America. It's in the best interest of our national security for Ukraine to win. We have to see this through. We have to finish it. And that's why I suppose she's described as a moderate, even though she has incredibly conservative views. Yes. But she doesn't go as far as Donald Trump. No. And a lot of Republicans who are against Trump see her as the last sort of attempt to to regain some control of the party. Running to become the Republican nominee, of course, is a very expensive business. So tell me, Kim, where does she get all her money from and who's been backing her? Yes, she has been quite a fundraising force. One of her biggest funders is is, uh, Charles Koch, who has the uh, political action committee that has backed conservative Republicans in the past. And they've just announced that they're, they'll, after she lost Michigan, that they'll no longer provide funding mm. and are going to focus on Senate and House races. But she's had also big uh, business CEOs backing her, people like the CEO of uh, LinkedIn. She's had 16 billionaires who had all help fund her campaign. So she does have a lot of sort of Silicon Valley venture capitalists, some big business CEOs, billionaires backing her, many of whom are also throwing some money to to Democrats as well. Mm. Her funding is interesting in that it does cross Republican and Democratic fundraising platforms. Mm. She has some big backers, but as you mentioned, some support is starting to slip now. So let's talk then a bit more, Kim, about why she's still there when defeat looks 
inevitable. I mean, it really is inevitable. What's the point of her staying there when she just isn't going to succeed? Yeah, well, the numbers don't add up, and that's a question everyone's asking. I think fundamentally she just doesn't believe Trump is electable. It's not normal to insult our military heroes and veterans. It's not normal to spend $50 million in campaign contributions on personal court cases. It's not normal to threaten people who back your opponent. And it's not normal to call on Russia to invade NATO countries. Donald Trump has done all of that. She doesn't believe that a Trump-Biden race is going to end up with Trump winning. She keeps citing polling that shows uh, 70% of voters don't want a Biden-Trump rematch. Most Americans do not want a rematch between Biden and Trump. The first party to retire its 80-year-old candidate is going to be the party that wins this election. She also is presenting herself as generational change, so she cites Biden and Trump's age constantly. Mm. Some believe that it's, it's, it's really sort of an insurance policy, I think. They, they believe that Trump's criminal cases could force him out of the race or they're concerned about his age. And they, they, they're really backing her to be there in case Trump stumbles mm. through any of these legal cases that he's facing this year. Mm. And I, I think that, you know, she's also a, a last-ditch effort to try to, quote-unquote, save uh, a Republican Party that really is in the throes of the, the last vestiges of a, Republic, of a Reagan Republican Party. Mm. You know, it's well and truly a Trump Republican Party, um, a Make America Great Again uh, party. Uh, it's really not anymore the functioning Republican Party that had the United States as a superpower, as a country that, you know, respects its constitution and its democratic institutions. She represents the traditional Republican Party that's dead under Donald Trump. So, Kim, what happens when she's knocked out of this race? You know, is the Republican Party changed forever? Well, you know, if you look at it right now, it's hard to see how it can revive itself. If you Mm. look at the Republican National Committee, for instance, that works to support Republican candidates with party support, with party endorsement and backing, which is meant to be neutral. It's been a complete takeover by Donald Trump. I mean, he's now trying to get his own daughter-in-law as one of the chairmen of the committee. Mm. A lot of the states are, uh, red states are putting in MAGA Republicans in key positions. And we know that the Supreme Court has been, the, the positions there have been manipulated to allow Trump to put in three conservative justices. And, and right now we're not even hearing from Republicans that they won't vote for Trump if he's elected. They might not support him as the nominee now, but they come out and say, well, if it's Trump, I'm going to vote for the Republican Party. And I really think that needs to be challenged because it's not the traditional Mm. Republican Party.
Tell me, Kim, do you think Nikki Haley is right to hold on? And how much longer will she hold on? Well, I think probably after Super Tuesday, the you know, I think that will be the end for her. It's 15 primaries. None of them look positive for her. Uh, I do think she's, I think she's very valuable mm. at the moment. She is pointing out all of Trump's flaws. And I applaud the women that are standing up and, and have the courage to stand up and speak publicly against what's happening in the United States and, and the chaos around Trump. I mean, as she says, this is a democracy, not an autocracy. He, he can't be ordained after a couple of primaries as, as the nominee until we go through this process. We don't anoint kings in this country. We have elections. And Donald Trump, of all people, should know we don't rig elections. So while it might be futile in the sense of she's not going to win the delegates to win the nomination, I think as long as she's in the race, she's giving some hope to those more moderate Republicans and independents who don't necessarily want to vote Democrat, that there, that there still is uh, some sanity in the party and hopefully maybe educating a few who are sitting on the fence about whether they would vote again for Trump. Kim Hoggard is a former staffer during the Reagan and George H.W. Bush administrations. This episode was produced by Nell Whitehead and Bridget Fitzgerald. Audio production by Sam Dunn. Our supervising producer is David Cody. For more on Donald Trump's legal woes and mounting fines, check out the latest episode of If You're Listening with Matt Bevan. He asks, is Donald Trump running out of money? I'm Sam Hawley. ABC News Daily will be back again on Monday. Thanks for listening. <laughs>